All right, everybody, welcome back to the College Film Runner podcast. Today, I am sitting down with my roommate, Paul Shelton. Paul, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Johnny. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so today, I'd like to talk about Dune, specifically Denny Villeneuve's 2021 version. And I, I can remember looking back to last summer, about a year ago, summer 2021, I had started reading the book because I saw that this movie was coming out and I was very curious about it. And I started reading the book and loved the world building from Frank Herbert and Hans Zimmer had released a couple tracks from it too. I was like, this is really cool. And I remember like trying to get you to read it. I was like, Paul, Paul, read this book, read this book. And you just like did it for the longest time. But then eventually you just like, I, I, for lack of a better term, you downloaded all of the lore of Dune and just absorbed it and <laughs> read the book in what, like it was like three days or something. But like what, what made you do that like what what stuck out to you that made you want to just absorb all of dune um i specifically remember literally one day yelling at you johnny will you just shut up about dune <laughs> and then literally it was two or three hours later um i didn't want to like do any homework and i pulled up youtube and one of the first recommended uh, videos was just the lore of dune and i was like okay it'll give us something to talk about and i watched one video um, and then I put it on two times speed and watched about seven of them. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is pretty engaging. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. I had a very similar like world-building style. Um, and then I watched the movie. And obviously, it was a gorgeous mu- movie with beautiful sound design. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, and so then, ironically enough, I picked up the books after the movie um, and just went from there. And I thoroughly enjoyed the first book, and so I just tore through it, and I really liked the movie, I really liked learning all of the lore of Dune, and so yeah, it just kind of all came together, kind of just to start a conversation, ironically enough. Yeah, so um, yeah, something that I think is really interesting that I I don't think a lot of people realize is that um, Frank Herbert's book, written in 1965, was more, like, I think it was kind of the groundwork, I would say, for a lot of modern science fiction movies and there's a lot of movies that sort of draw inspiration from dune the novel like like star wars in particular you have like this idea of a galactic empire and like a desert planet tatooine and like the sarlacc pit all of that comes from uh dune is literally it's literally directly not i don't want to say copied because it's not directly copied but inspired inspired from from dune which i think is very interesting um, but just in terms of like themes of both the book and the movie, one of the one of the immediate themes that I would say we're introduced to in the movie is I would say this idea of like colonization. And you have this narration by Zendaya's character, Chani, talking about all that she's ever known is oppression and um, the invaders, these oppressors, all they want is the the resource the spice melange and all they do is take and give nothing and sort of it's sort of immediately like right and right at the beginning sets up this idea of colonization so um like do you have any thoughts on that i actually really liked that um and i didn't realize how poignant it was until about my second or third watching i actually saw a youtube video um, it was everything great about Dune, and the narrator went into the fact that the moment Zendaya says, 
who will our next oppressors be? You cut straight to Paul Atreides. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of different themes in Dune, and one of them, especially right now, that is super poignant is the relationship that colonization has with the colonized. Um, and I think the movie itself handled that really well. Um, I think the greater themes of Dune are going to unfold really well over the course of the second movie, or maybe third. I don't know what they mm -hmm. plan to do with that. Um, and, but I think just the first movie working with the first half of the book did really well focusing on the side themes and I'm really like genuinely excited to see how they unveil, um, like the grander themes that Frank Herbert had in mind of questioning leadership and making sure that you know why you're following who you're following. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, I, yeah, I would agree that definitely the, that this movie do te it's technically called Dune part one. It definitely sort of just lays the ground of a lot of the general ideas of the themes and sort of leaves it open to what's to come. And I know a lot of people who maybe haven't read the book, maybe were kind of disappointed with that because they're like, oh, this movie kind of has like an abrupt ending. <laughs> and I, I remember seeing it in theaters with a couple of friends and, you know, it's a long movie, a lot going on, a lot of themes set up. And after it was over, my friend looked over to me and was like, man, so that was like the first three or first four books. And I was like, that was the first half of the first book. And they were just like, oh, wow. So, yeah, like definitely there is a lot to come with that, especially with, uh, yeah, like questioning leadership and um, especially Paul's role as well. Um, some And I feel like one of the greater themes that definitely piques my interest just with Dune in general is this sort of idea of or not idea of just how religion plays a role in Dune as well. Um, it's very much a central, central part of the themes and, but especially how a lot of it is almost manipulated of sorts. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of movies that have this sort of like central redeeming figure, this sort of Messiah-esque figure. And Paul is that role in this film and in this book, but he is, he's he's a messiah-like figure based off of lies and deceit and false prophecies so like what do you think of that i actually really like how they handle that just because in general um so the overall stated theme by frank herbert of the entire dune story is question who your leaders are and why you follow them um and just the way they handle the whole messiah i guess motif or archetype um i don't know quite which one it would fall into with Paul Atreides specifically stating throughout the books, and I don't know how they're going to handle it in the second movie. I don't know if they pushed on it as hard as I expected them to in the first movie mm -hmm. of just like, yes, he is a Messiah-like figure, but he is very specifically not the Messiah. It was very specifically set up that he would fit that archetype but for a stated reason. The Bene Gesserit like, very specifically set up these prophecies so that if it stayed in the books, the Bene Gesserit set up these prophecies of the Kwisatz Cataract so that if one of the Bene Gesserit became stranded upon like a foreign land, they'd be able to like manipulate these prophecies that were previously set in place. Mm -hmm. um, another thing about the Bene Gesserit is that their whole setup is that they are kind of this shadow government setup manipulating the government itself. Um, and they're basically posing as a religion because it's stated in the books that their control over other people and over their visions and over themselves comes specifically from 
um, a manipulation of biology that is painted as a religious thing, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. quite know what word would go there. Um, but it's very specifically set up that Paul fits into that setup of their planted prophecies with their um, manipulation of the concept of religion. I really like how Frank Herbert uses religion in general for his world building um, because it's very much set up to be a mix of a bunch of different major religions within our Mm -hmm. current world, just changed in the future. Um, I believe the Bible in this timeline is the Orange the Catholic, Orange Catholic Bible, Bible yeah. um, which is supposed to take a mix of the Bible and the Quran, if I believe correctly. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's really interesting to see how he portrays it being manipulated by the Bene Gesserit. Um, I really like it, if I'm being entirely honest, because it shows both a respect and critique of those types of institutions at the exact same time mm-hmm. and just the dangers of following those institutions without questioning why you're following those institutions. Yeah, oh, most definitely and and it's it's very interesting especially towards the beginning of the movie um Paul is very much still trying to find himself as well and he doesn't fully understand the part that he plays and everything, you know, he's raised as his father's son, who is a noble man, a noble leader who is tasked to take over Arrakis to lead. But he's also very much his mother's son, who is part of the Bene Gesserit and, you know, very much is aware of this cult and specifically tried to, to breed Paul to be this Kwisatz Haderach figure. So then when Paul and his family arrive on Arrakis and they have like all the thousands of native Fremen on the planet and they're chanting, they're like, oh, Lisan al-Gayib, Messiah, Messiah. It's almost like, it, it, it was almost like kind of chilling to me in that moment because like to them, like that is their religion. Mm. But it was all like, it was all a plot. It was all set up by the Bene Gesserit like thousands of years ago. And yeah, it's very much the sense of religious ma- manipulation and kind of makes you ponder of like, huh, like blindly following something is never good, but but yeah, like you said, it is it is also it is also sort of like a respect of religion because Frank Herbert in the book they haven't really dived into it in the movie a lot, but in the book you know very much sets up and builds religion a lot and very much toys with the idea of being so far in the future that a lot of these religions are blended together. So it's really interesting. And I really, really like that you bring in Paul's parents because I think they're an important part of the theme that sometimes gets overlooked. Um, But something, and I know you're a big music person, but I saw something that pointed out that when Paul's father, uh, Duke Leto Atreides, is asking his mother, will you protect our son? Um, And he clarifies that he's not asking as his son's mother, he is asking as the the Bene Gesserit. Uh Um, There is a mix of the Atreides and Bene Gesserit themes at that exact moment. Um, So he pointed that out to me and I really like that. I love how the movie uses music to Mm -hmm. kind of set the scene. And I think that's one of the clearest places where they use the music to further the plot, not just mm-hmm. to ensan- enhance a scene. Um, Hans Zimmer did absolutely incredibly oh, in this 100%, movie. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, and obviously you're the music person. You know more <laughs> about that. But I just love what he did with it. Um, but just in general, if you look into kind of the nuance of the whole conflict with the Atreides family, um, the original conflict that they had 
didn't start with them quite on the right side, but to see them as the noble house itself, like in the plot of the movie, I'm really interested if they choose to get into that level of nuance. I don't think they need to. Frankly, I don't even know if they should, but I think it's really interesting like nuance that you take from the book with like Frank Herbert's world building. But just in general, I like how um, Paul's dad is very aware that it's a trap. You can see throughout the movie as it builds to like the climactic battle where the Atreides family falls, um, that he knows kind of what's coming. He's not entirely sure how it'll come, but he's kind of trying to set Paul up for it. And he's trying to do better, I guess, than the previous ruling house. But at the same time, he still feels the need to exploit them. He just wants to do it in a way that maybe won't even affect them as much, but he wants to get them on his side. And so I think it's really interesting how the overall house conflicts and the conflict with the emperor. And you could even get into that because the reason the emperor wanted the Atreides gone was out of his own pride and ego. And so because just, he thought the Atreides exactly. were gaining too much influence. Like there's a whole other theme over there and there's yeah. so much going on just in that sector. Um, but I like how there's a different theme with every level of the conflict that you climb because you've got Paul's mother, the Bene Gesserit, who, if you want to really get into the lore, kind of shouldn't have had Paul. But that's mm -hmm. like a whole other can of worms. And then you've got the level with the houses of like House Atreides is very much trying to do not just what will make them powerful, but also what will make them good in an objective moral way. And then you've got the overall political conflict and how you want to play the political game. If you can play the political game and win as a moral like player in that game. Right. And then you even have like major characters um, such as Gurney Halleck, who literally were previously slaves before joining the Atreides. Mm -hmm. um, but they play such a major role. And I'm really interested to see what the second movie does with Gurney Halleck and his character and how he plays into the overall conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially since in, in the movie, he he didn't really have too big of a role other than kind of being like the arms master and kind of sort of hinting at the at the sort of climactic battle of the movie between the Harkonnens and the Atreides, being like, oh, you've never fought Harkonnens before I have. So and like kind of other than that, he doesn't really have too much of a big role in the movie. So I'm curious what's to come with that. Which, just focusing in on Gurney, I really like how he very much doesn't see... Because the Harkonnens were the ones who had held him as a slave. He doesn't see them quite as human. But at the same time, he's supposed to be on the side that is at least painted to be the moral side. And so I'm really interested to see how they play that nuance. I really liked how Frank Herbert played that nuance in the book. Mm -hmm. And then I really like how Duncan Idaho, another shifting gears to a different character within the Atreides side, I really like how he plays this sort of like older brother role to Paul mm -hmm. and gives him kind of something to focus on. And you see that told visually in the movie um, by when Paul does the exact same knife salute um, when he yeah. has his big fight at the end of the movie mm -hmm. that Duncan does throughout the movie. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I, I just sort of want to take a step back because it was on it, it was on my mind. But um, in terms in terms of the book, um, Frank Herbert actually got a lot of his world building 
inspired by or like inspiration from J.R.R. Tolkien and what Tolkien was doing with the Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. And Tolkien or um, excuse me, Herbert has said that Tolkien is one of his biggest inspirations and has like looked up to him as an author. Um, but Tolkien has said that he respects Herbert as an author, but that he did not find Dune good. He, he like he, he hated the book. Um, which I find very interesting as well. And, you know, there's there's been lots of speculation on why he hated the book, and Tolkien said he refused to comment on why he hated the book. Um, but something that, that would, I guess, if, if I were to take a guess, it would be because, um, you know, Tolkien was a very devout Catholic, a very big Catholic. And I, I know he hated allegories, but, um, there, you know, there's been a lot of comparisons, like, to the Lord of the Rings and Catholicism and, that very much has like a redeeming type of story, like a redeeming story arc. Um, whereas like we were just discussing Dune has, it's almost like a sort of like a, a critique of religion in a sense. And so if I were to take a guess, maybe Tolkien was upset with the way Frank Herbert was critiquing religion, but like, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I have a lot of thoughts on that, ranging not just in social, but also, like, religious contexts. Um, I think people are going to be really upset if they do Dune Messiah's a movie the same way they're upset as the book. Because, spoiler alert, Paul isn't the hero. Paul is supposed to be this privileged, both by genetics and by wealth, mm -hmm. character who is able to outclass those around him because of his privilege. And so I think if they really bring in that critique of the Messiah prophecy, it's going to be really interesting mm -hmm. because he is directly supposed to be a critique of the way we treat our leaders and of the way we treat religion mm -hmm. and the Bini Gesserit and et cetera, et cetera. And I really like, I really respect the way J.R. Tolkien handled his whole, I did not enjoy the book. I think it was well written by Frank Herbert because I think he's a good author, but I didn't enjoy the book. I think socially there's a lot to say about that, how he wasn't willing to drum up more controversy by saying why, just because of that level of respect. I think there could be that religious aspect, because just from my understanding of J.R.R. Tolkien's direct critique, it was like, I didn't enjoy it. I really just didn't like it as a book. Um, so if he didn't enjoy it, that could be a religious thing. That could be an allegory thing, as I, like I said before, enormous J.R.R. Tolkien fan. Um, he hates the idea of allegories and Dune was supposed to have a lot of allegorical elements to it. Like I said before, with mm -hmm. Paul being a critique of a lot of different things. Um, and so I think there's a lot of different directions he could have critiquing just out of respect for the two authors. I do my best to not read into why he critiqued it just sure, because sure. I love both of their material. I think uh, there's nothing I've read by either author that I've disliked. Mm-hmm. Just I try to, out of respect, only look at it from a social narrative of, wow, he had enough respect to say his true opinions, but at the same time, not degrade Frank Herbert as an author, because Frank Herbert really was one of the biggest names in sci-fi period to like get everything rolling. And if we're being honest, J.R.R. Tolkien kind of birthed modern fantasy um, I'm sure there's other people more learned on that topic who would have more to say on that. But I like that these two authors who are both powerhouses had that level of respect and admiration. And I'm just going to do my best to not join in on the speculation, <laughs> sure. as I told you before. Yeah. 
and kind of just like yeah to some to sum that all up yeah dune i think dune is just very interesting in general because you know we like we all definitely know the sort of plot line and story type that has like you know the established leaders or the redeeming character like the messiah-esque figure and like in my first episode man of steel i talked a lot about how superman sort of fits like the idea of a messiah-esque figure in that movie but dune very much what like while it has paul as paul is obviously the protagonist of this he is the main central character it sort of like deconstructs all of those established ideas about that and I think what makes Frank Herbert's work excellent isn't just that Paul is, like, throughout the books he shows his flaws. It's not that he's a bad person. It's just that he isn't the Messiah. He isn't perfect. He is just right. a person with these uh-huh. abilities. And I think that's what makes him the proper complex character. Mm-hmm. Especially because it was all thrown on him. Like, he he didn't choose this path for him at all like it was it was just kind of thrown on him and like his path to being the messiah was air quote messiah-esque figure was based off of lies and deceit placed by the Bene Gesserit which yeah it definitely is is a whole critique of that but yeah I think I think overall that that generally sums up a lot of the a lot of the themes of Dune but um but yeah, thank you so much, Paul, for sitting down and discuss with me. Like I, I, I knew I wanted to discuss this with you because I remember watching you absorb all of Dune, and I was like, oh, Paul would love to talk about Dune, and, you know. And having the main character also be called Paul, I was like, huh, Paul was the first person I thought of. <laughs> thank you, I really appreciate yeah. you having me, and I'm honestly really excited to see what they do with the second movie. I am thank too. So yes, I think that's coming out like next November, I believe, something like that. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in as well. And I'll see you next week on The College Film Runner.